point of discovering is the preeminence of a solid understanding of self in order to move forward in Torah. And without that understanding of self, Ravolbi suggests in the third chapter of Das Atzmenu that you can't possibly succeed. You can't have the tranquility of spirit <coughs> or the peace of mind to move forward because your internal conflict will inhibit your connection and ability to incorporate the Torah into your very being. And therefore, self-knowledge is a prerequisite. He then went on to explain that self-knowledge is not only a prerequisite, but it also defines a person's direction. As he quoted from the Vilna Gaon in his parish on Mishlei, that says a person has his own derech. He has his own derech, he has his own way of being his own makeup, his own particular weakness that he has to deal with, and of course his own strengths that he has to utilize. So if a person doesn't have an awareness of those strengths and weaknesses, he can't possibly perform his individual in this world. He brings from the Maharal that says, Any person who, the fear of his sin. Now how did it become his sin? I mean, surely it's a global thing of a sin. So the Maharal points out that each person has a particular area. Sin always means lacking. Uh, sorry, the word chet in Hebrew doesn't mean what we would say in English, sin. It has different connotations. The word chet in Hebrew, which is the word used over there, means a lacking. So each person has a lacking inside of himself. And that lacking has to be addressed. The person has to cater for his weaknesses. If you go through life unaware of where your strengths and weaknesses are, and you try to absorb some type of generic approach to living, so inevitably the self that could excel and the negative part which could be rectified remain completely neglected and essentially a person lives a life where he has no internal structure, focus and defeats his own individual purpose of existence. He defeats the purpose that he was created. We were created not to kind of take on some generic global type of thing that everyone reproduces the actions of the other. We were here because each of us individually has a mission to perform. The way the mission is explained to us is through our unique composition of strengths and weaknesses. Those strengths and weaknesses become the instruction, the command for what the mission that we have and what it is that we need to perform. A person that doesn't have this awareness, so it's like he's been sent on a mission and he's unaware of what the mission is and hence he walks around life aimlessly not knowing which direction to turn. Thus, says Rav Albi, now we're moving on to page Kuflamad Gimel, paragraph Dalad. It's absolutely obvious that all the greats of Jewish history spent a lot of time in this kind of occupation of finding the individuality. 
which is something which is so misleading in our relationship to Gedolim. We think about Gedolim as a generic group of people that excel in everything. And we fail to see the uniqueness of their greatness was in as much as each one focused on a completely different aspect of the Dvar Hashem. For example, you can contrast Rebbe Yashiv to Rebbe Nassim Tzvi Finkel. Both great, both recently passed away. M- amazing, amazing men. But the differences between them, Rebbe Nassim Tzvi, first of all, he was a man who had Parkinson's for the last 22 years of his life. So his struggle was simply functioning in the normal world. But he did much, much more than that. He overcame his physical inhibitions. In, sorry, not inhibitions, limitations. He overcame his physical limitations to not only function, but to excel, and to create the biggest, possibly the biggest or second biggest issue in the world. And to spread terror. That was his, that was, his was he the greatest halachic authority of the generation? Certainly not. Did he have a knowledge of Allah? I'm sure. But that wasn't where his excellence came from. His excellence came as a Torah builder. His excellence came as a model human being of a person that's given objective challenges and can overcome them. He contributed enormously to Kali Yisrael that way. Rebel Yashiv, he never had anything wrong with him. Kainan Hari lived to 102 and he was perfectly healthy. Same for 102 year old. But where did he contribute? This incredible devotion to study of Torah and this encyclopedic knowledge of halacha that is able to guide the generation. Did he build a new shivas? No, he sat in his room. Did he have many, many Talmudim? No, very few. But they were both Gdolim, but they were both individuals. Each one had a completely different set of character traits, but what they did do was they took their great strengths and they made them amazing, superb, excellent. And they took their weaknesses and they overcame them. So of course, every Godel becomes a Godel not because he's an individual, not, not sorry, despite his individual, but because of his individuality. And therefore we have to do the same. So, he now says that they're essentially in Avoida Pratis, which is his personal development work in the sphere of Torah, we have found, given over to us, a tradition of two spe- specific approaches. There were those who followed um, it's going to be with shortly see it will be a Rambam that apart from of course keeping all the mitzvahs but they chose one particular mitzvah one particular mitzvah and they went to the nth degree they excelled in that mitzvah they took that mitzvah further and beyond any call of duty way 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 above and beyond and that is how they discovered their mission in life their mission in life was to take a mitzvah and perfect it and there were others that had a specific ladder of ascension to as how they would reach their own personal greatness. The, the Gemara in Shabbos has a series of Amoroim who, who focused on individual mitzvahs to, let's say, answer their mission and calling in the world. You have Rav Nachman. That Rav Nachman focused on think, what did Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman the Great Amor, the Dayan, what was his mitzvah that he excelled in? Gimel Sudas Peshavas. He, he enhanced his Shabbos with three meals. Rav Yehuda he enhanced his Shabbos 
in other words, he was very makpid on those three meals. He was completely and totally, I suppose, in a time when it wasn't, I don't know what he did. But it's interesting that something we think is in, as an aside, it's not something to really focus on, that became his, one of his areas of excellence. Rav Yehuda, his focus was on his tefillah. Rav Huna Bereder of Yeshua was tefillin. I don't know if this is, this is a, it says on my Pashas Rav Nachman, I don't know why it's again, he says tzitzis. In other words, these Amoraim took one mitzvah and they excelled in it. Like Rabbah, the one time, his, his focus was on tzitzis, and he was going up a set of stairs, and one of the strings of his tzitzis was um, torn, a torn the spot and he wouldn't move. He literally sat there until he was able to fix up the tzitzis. So that's, he could have just taken off the baguette and carried on walking. But he refused to move without tzitzis. We no one knows why Rav Scheinberg wore uh, however many pairs of tzitzis, I don't know, 70. Uh, but that's, that's a marshal in today's day that you have a person that took a mitzvah and he took it to the nth degree. Every single opinion incorporated into... In... in, in in later times, so we've got Rav Scheinberg, but even before, the Chofetz Chaim. The Chofetz Chaim took the mitzvah of Shmir Saloshin, of watching what you have to say, and the laws of Lashon Hara, not speaking badly about others, and he made, he put on the map. He did many things, it wasn't the only thing he did, but he excelled in that. He devoted himself primarily to that. And as a result, he created a revolution in Klal Yisrael in un- understanding what the loch is and the ramifications was astonishing. Um, there were those that instead of focusing on a particular on a particular mitzvah, they focused on a particular midah. Someone emuna, someone emes. But they would go to the nth degree in those things. Emes, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky was powerful. MS, MS, MS. He wouldn't, he wouldn't budge one iota when it came to MS. The altar of Nevadok. Emunim Bitochen. Emunim Bitochen, he was, he was astonishing. The story is told of the altar of Nevadok. And uh, these stories are commonplace in Nevadok. He spent his life as an um, exceptionally different and unique character was Abiyosef Yezel Horvitz. He spent most, m- many periods of his life in total isolation. He'd go to the forest and learn by himself and do everything by himself. Spent a period of two years in a, in a cellar without leaving it. He was an astonishing man with his own derech and avoid But one of the things he focused on was Imuna. He was in this house in the forest and um, he was learning by the light of a candle and the candle, the candle burned out and he wanted to continue learning. But he had no more candles. He had him on it, be talking. He knows the Kodesh Baruch One second. Why do I have a candle? Why is there a house? Why is there a tree? Why, why do I have fingers? It's only because the Kodesh Baruch is willing me into existence at this point in time. So if he can will me into existence, and it's as if I'm being created on the spot right now, so he can, he can, he can give me another candle. He walked outside the house. A man came out from behind the tree. He gave him a candle. He went back into the house and let the candle continue learning. So he wanted to remember this. So he took this candle and obviously used it for that night, but he used it as a, as, a, as a memento of what had happened to him. Later on, I don't know how long, 
he left this candle was in his house and his house burnt down and obviously the candle was lost and he interpreted it as a sign that was a lack of emunah and bitochen that he kept the candle how did you keep the candle? what are you? you don't believe? so there was a, there was a, a level which, which again he, he, he completely became that now we'll see but obviously there's going to be a there has to be a relationship between my internal makeup and the mitzvah I choose in other words, almost as if Mike's personality expresses itself in that particular way. And the truth is, any person who's developed, whether it be in the field of Torah or elsewhere, he'll always have his... The, the greatness that we see in the world around us is always made up by individuals. The great musicians, the great sportsmen, the great businessmen, they'll never be a generic type. They'll always be someone that has their own personality as an expression of how they became great. So Reb Sadio Gon, in his famous, famous work, Emunas um, Odeos, he says in Ma'ama Hay, achas. A person who wants to be a Oyved Hashem, a person who wants to devote himself to the service of Hashem, which again, this is something we have to realize that we're living in a world where there's a tremendous thirst for connecting to a higher purpose. At the same time, there's incredible energy, power, devoted to silencing that voice. And I suppose the more the force is exerted to keep that voice silent and suppressed, the deeper the thirst and the more powerful the longing for something beyond. But it's, it's, it's covered over by so many layers and, and there's a, almost a violence in the assault that the world makes on the search for the transcendent, for the refined, for the, for the world which exists beyond the here and now. Everything happens in the present, in the in our world. There's almost there's almost no future and and no past. Our beings are governed by the moment, the moment, and the moment becomes this misty fog of moments and moments and moments, which never really amounts to anything. There's no continuum. There's no rhythm. There's no. We become absorbed in the moment. But we just become propelled by a series of moments in directions where we're not always clear where they're going. Gavin? Um, are you saying that's a component of, of like conformity and going against individualism? Or is that a, 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 huge a, a, a separate issue? The, the conformity I mean more in the sense of people have an expectation that is issued by society to behave in a particular manner. And that manner which they are almost compelled to behave in silences the quest for that which is above and beyond for example <coughs> imagine the following scene you, you happen to be going for a walk you're, you're on holiday and you've hired out a beautiful beautiful cottage on, on the beachfront deserted beach it's only cottage for kilometers around and it's towards evening one night 
and you and what you do is you you walk out walk out the cottage and down towards the beach and sitting there just taking in the scene and watching the waves wash up on the shore and then all of a sudden as you look towards the horizon the sun's already set you see this magnificent light it seems to you that it's taking up the entire skies just blinding light and it illuminates everything around you and you get the sense that there's a being behind this light and you, sta you stand there almost dumbstruck and from within this light a voice calls out your name and you say yes and you say who are you and the voice replies saying I'm an angel sent to you from the creator of the world why were you sent to me I've been sent to you to reveal your mission in life and you say tell me what is it and the angel says your purpose is to make a lot of money lots of it more than you can ever use <laughs> you go you're not an angel come on in other words, when you present it that way it's ludicrous no one's going to think that that's the purpose of their life if I realize this is a means to an end friend of mine missed went on holiday went, sorry went to work for business came back and was sick for a week and then it was Pesach and his employees are his employers are from and they called a management meeting for Cholomite and he didn't take up the management meeting because he doesn't work on Cholomite and afterwards they said where were you like, what's going on implication what were you doing so the answer is I was doing what I was meant to do in life the assumption of the question is how could you neglect what you are meant to doing to do something which is really a tangent it's on the side the thrust of this world is that something which is not business related and can't be translated into financial gain is tangential. The essence of this world is to make a living, to be involved in a career. Anything which is extra career is by implication totally irrelevant. That's nice, yeah, it's a hobby, but don't get too carried away. Don't go too far. Oh yeah, it's great, you want to spend time learning? That's so admirable. But don't forget, you have to make a living. Don't forget what's really important. Oh, what's really important? Oh, what's really important is you are made to make money. Why? Oh, so that you can have something to, to, so you can live, so you can have a roof over your head. Why? So you can make money. So you can have, why? So you can, so you can make it. Why, 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 why? So you, but it's not an end. There's two words in Hebrew. So it's actually intrinsic. Kesef and Zahav. Kesef means silver and Zahav means gold. For some reason, the word Kesef became synonymous with money, whereas Zahav remained gold. But it's hinted to in the nature of what the word Kesef and Zahav are in Lashon HaKodesh. Kesef, the word Kesef comes from the root Kasaf. Lichsof means to long for, to desire, to yearn. A yearning is the feeling we have which is the means to the end. I yearn for something means that's the stage before I get it. 
It's not the end point. It's the, it's the feeling which brings me towards the end point. Zahav is a contraction of two words. Zahav, this you give. It has value. Gold has value. Money is a way to get something which is valuable. In itself, everyone realizes, has no value. It's the means to an end. It's not the end. We live in this, in this, in this, in this bizarre paradigm where we've taken a means and made it into an end. And inevitably, it has to be deeply dissatisfying. Because we ourselves are aware of the fact that it's not the thing. So what happens when you make the thing which is not the thing into the thing? You remain with not the thing. Absurd to the nth degree. And yet, so pervasive. That if a person even changes a notion, you looked upon as being absolutely insane. Like one second, whoa, 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 what's going on? Remember, jobs, that's the root, everything. No, no. Your job and your career, that's completely, completely secondary to your goal in life. That's the essential thing. A vadai, to perform your mission in life, you have to be able to eat, you have to be able to sleep, you have to be able to provide for yourself. But those things are just the means to the end, then there's the end. But we've made the end into the means. Sorry, we've made the means into the end. That's bizarre. That's bizarre. So if a person has to be an Ovid Hashem, you have to completely and totally shift your entire perspective and see where the priorities lie. And in Yeshiva, easy to achieve. <laughs> because the entire environment creates a plausibility structure which supports that style of living. Yet, when you move yourself from the cocoon environment of Yeshiva and you go out into the world and then the subliminal completely non-stop broadcast is this is where it is this is the real world this is what you have for and then to become an Oyved Hashem requires as we're going to explore in-depth self-knowledge perfection self-sacrifice as a person wants to be an Oyved you need to pick one mitzvah and never ever ever transgress it all the days of your life and he goes away above and beyond he does he does he'll go and he'll think deeply into what his parents could possibly require and he'll never be able to say something which will happen person can take them it's and make it his his tactics but again it's not it's not it's not arbitrary it's not random oh i'm gonna pick it you can't pick it you need an aptitude test to pick a career so when you're picking a mitzvah career you need to have an aptitude test as to which career in mitzvahs you should pick that's one derech in Avayi Hashem. What about second derech? Second derech in Avayi Hashem? Second derech in Avayi Hashem? To the second derech in Avayi Hashem. Haderech Hashem's Avayi Prat is here at Tzavas Sulam It's to create a way of sequential approach to development. 
I'm going to do this, followed by that. It's a strategy of approach whereby I can visualize where I need to get to and I plan the steps of how to get from one level to another. In other words, two different ways of achieving excellence in the Vedas Hashem. One way which requires a specific focus on a specific mitzvah. Another one which is a much more global approach to Vedas Hashem. Instead of focusing on mitzvah specifically, I focus on a, a way of getting there. A derech aliyah. A derech aliyah. How do I do it? For example, this is what we find in the Mesilis to show him. When he bases himself on a brisa by Repinchas ben Yair, that goes through different stages. Torah is the first. Then it comes to Zahirus, which means awareness, self-consciousness of the decisions you're making. Zahirus Mavieli Day Zrizus, which is enthusiasm, the ability to overcome and bring out, to overcome laziness and bring out latent potential. There's the ten chapters of the Chayvus Alvavis which go from one stage to another. If you look carefully in the words of the Ramban in his famous letter to his son, you'll see as well that there's a stage of you do this, and then you do this, and you do this, and then just... In other words, how does a person gain perfection? Well, the one way is to take a particular mitzvah and employ yourself, legamre, legamre, involve yourself, perfect yourself, steig to the utmost in that mitzvah. Another way to reach perfection is you strategize and you have a mechanism of approach dealing with this, followed by that, until you reach the pinnacle of spiritual success, which the Ramchal calls Tchiasamesim. You completely transcend the ability of more, the limitations of mortality. So that's the thing that we have to explore further, these two drachim, and think about our own personal direction of Hashem, ultimately boiling down to why were we put in this world, and what can we do with it as individuals.